prepare also to receive the Lord's Supper. I don't think I've ever done this, serving the Lord's Supper on the last Sunday of the year. And many people ask, why don't you serve Holy Communion monthly like they do in many churches? But after a while, if you do something repeatedly, you lose the significance of why we do it. So we do have communion because the Lord commanded it. But we don't want it to become so common to us that we just look at it as a ritual instead of understanding the real purpose behind why we do it. So I'll be mindful of that with the time but at the beginning of this year, we announced the theme like we normally do. And for 2019, it was the year of God's accomplishment. We learned that what the Lord declared would not return unto him void. If he said it, it will come to pass. And we've witnessed that happen this year. Oh, yes, we've had some sad times. A few of our members have made their transition and their spouses or their siblings are even here today in the service. And listen, we are praying with you. But always remember, God does all things well. And we can never blame God. But we have to bow to his will. But I want to share something with you because I don't want us to forget what God has done for us. And I'm going to be reading from St. John chapter 9 using the New King James Version. And of course, they'll be projecting the scripture as well on the screen. But I'll be using the New King James Version, and I just want to share with you what the Lord's put in my spirit for today. How many know God has been good to us? Hallelujah. Oh, when I look out and see the miracles, and I see how God has taken us through. I examine those that had cancer and now are cancer-free. Those that were on their deathbed, but God has raised them up. Ha! Others that went into surgery, but when they started to do the surgery, they said, I don't see anything anymore. God's been good to us. He's blessed us immensely, and he's kept his word. And I even have a testimony of what God has done for me. But come on, let's look at the scripture. If you don't mind, stand with me and let us read the word of God. As we give honor to the reading of his word. I want to go to St. John chapter 9. and I'll explain and exegese a little bit of this, this passage of scripture in a minute. But, but verse number 18, the scripture says, But the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called the parents of him who had received his sight. Now, what had happened, there was this man who was blind, but he was blind from birth. And I'll share in a minute. The disciples uh, questioned 
Why is he blind? Is it something that he did? Is it something that his parents did? Hallelujah. Not recognizing that God had caused a setup. Sometimes you go through something for God to set you, and he sets you up for a blessing. He sets you up for a miracle. You don't understand why you've been going through something, but God's got a plan behind what you've been going through. Yeah, I feel the Holy Ghost up in here. And sure enough, and, and we'll hopefully we'll share with you, the Lord touched this man and he received his sight. Well, many in the Jewish church was upset. Firstly, they found out he did it uh, on the Sabbath. And uh, they then questioned the parents of this man. Why or how did he get his sight? All right. Verse number 19, the Bible says, And they asked them, saying, Is this your son who you say was born blind? How then does he now see? His parents answered them and said, We know that this is our son. And we know that he was born blind. But by what means he now sees, we do not know or who opened his eyes, we do not know. He is of age. Ask him. Let him speak for himself. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Today's message is simply entitled, Hush, Let Me Testify. <laughs> Look at somebody just tell him, Hush, Let Me Testify. Glory to God. We thank you, Lord, for this day and how you've allowed us to experience worship on this last Sunday of 2019. When we look back over our life, we've got a testimony. And Father, we thank you for how you've enabled us to be able to receive your words. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. There's nothing more powerful than a testimony. You see, a testimony is when you share what you know because you have seen it, you've heard it, and or you have experienced it for yourself. A testimony is not when you share what someone else has seen or has heard or has experienced. That's someone else's story. Hear me, hear me. Let me have your attention, please. Let me have your attention. Because in a court of law, if you were called to be a witness and you shared what someone else had seen or heard, or experienced, the opposing counsel would immediately stand and say, I object, Your Honor, because what the individual is giving is hearsay. They themselves have not seen it. They themselves have not heard it. They themselves have not experienced it. They're going by what somebody told them. Because it's hearsay that is inadmissible in a court of law. Therefore, your honor, I object. 
And the judge has to say, uh, I understand, and your objection is sustained. Because what you heard, listen, might not be true. We're living in a society now that's full of false news. They call it fake news. You remember the message that we had and we shared with you in Bible class that uh, you have to be careful that you don't even participate in fake news. See, just because it's on social media does not mean it's true. And I've had to correct even some of the members when I saw them uh, copy something and put it on their Facebook page. And I had to let them know, wait a minute. Uh, what you're saying, while you might want to believe it, is not factual. And what you're doing is participating with fake news. See, fake news is not just coming from the Trump camp. Hear me. Fake news is coming from all the camps. Because they're out to persuade you to believe what they believe. And that's why you have to do fact checking. send something to one of the uh, wives of one of our pastors because they had shared some information. I said, wait, uh, be careful because it's not totally accurate. See, if it's not, if there's a partial truth to it, then there's no truth at all. So when you testify, I'm not talking about what somebody else has experienced. When I testify, I want to share what God has done for me. Oh, listen, oh, we, we, we love, especially we who grew up in the church testimony service, and some people gave the same testimony every week. As children, we'd be in the back mouthing what they were saying up front because we knew it by heart. Thank the Lord for being here, after being here, being saved, and in my right mind. Well, no, they say clothed in my right mind. And always an end. Pray my strength in the Lord. But a testimony, hallelujah, is something that you have witnessed, that you can only share for you. I've seen it. I heard it. I've experienced it. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell the pastors and the ministers and the elders, when you're preaching and you're, in, you're able to inject something that you have personally experienced, it makes your message even more believable. Because I'm not talking about what God did for someone else. But I know that he's a healer. I know that there was a door that I couldn't open, but God made a way. There was times when I was ready to give up, but God was there to pick me up. I know uh, there was instances that I didn't know how I was going to make it, but the Lord made a way somehow. Yes, I can get happy off of hearing what the Lord did for you, but oh, I know what God did for me. And if there's no music, if there's no drums, if there's no choir singing, when I just begin to think about how good God's been and where he's brought me from, you see, you see, you don't know what your brother and sister has gone through this year that you're sitting next to. 
Some of you don't even know what they're going through right now. <laughs> so before you're so judgmental, consider where they might be. And everybody's not in the same place you are. I wish somebody hear me. Just because you've experienced a wonderful Christmas. Hallelujah. So, 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 so you have to be uh, uh, sympathetic and empathetic for those that may not be where you're at. But all of us have a testimony of what God, Sister Marvin, can, do you hear what I'm saying? We all got a testimony. We might not know or experience what you've experienced, but you know where the Lord's brought you from. Ha! The panic attacks that you used to have and that you didn't know how you were going to make it. Oh, others who have gone through things, lost loved ones, and you thought you were going to lose your mind, but the Lord has still kept you even in spite of the power of a testimony. But remember, for us in the church specifically, as believers, a testimony comes as a result of going through a test you have to go through something there's one of the members I asked how is their family doing I, I go up to them and say how's your, how's your family member doing and the person always responds well they're still working on their testimony which means they might not be in the place that I want them to be but the Lord is still working on them even where they're at and they're working on their testimony because they are a believer that at the end, God is going to get the victory. See, 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 you have to remember, I don't care how seemingly a person is lost or how seemingly a person is way out there beyond what you want them. We serve a God who can touch a person's heart, touch a person's mind, and change their whole perspective with one situation. That's the power of going through a test. And many of us have testimonies of what the Lord has done. In all joy, when you fall into what? Diverse temptations. Knowing that the testing of your faith worketh patience. So, so, so you see, your testimony comes as a result of you having a test. Anybody have a test this year? I said, has anybody had a test this year? Has anybody gone through something this year? Was anybody disappointed this year? Come on, come on. But, 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 but that test is part of creating your testimony. Hallelujah. When we look at our text here in St. John chapter 9, as I mentioned at the very first verse, we see, Jesus is passing by, and he sees a man who was blind from his birth. His disciples asked him and said, Rabbi, who has sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? You see, it was the thought that sometimes you receive the judgment of your parents. Oh, we call that now sometimes generational curses. See, there's some things you can do that does not affect you but will affect your children. And some of our children, grandchildren, are in places because of the actions that we did. 
the decisions that we made. I wish somebody hear me. You thought it cute when your teenager was downstairs with his girlfriend and you didn't say anything. Oh, help me. Now, you know, now you got three grandchildren because you did not want to inflict, or I shouldn't say inflict, you did not want to share the discipline necessary to help them understand this cannot happen in my house. So a lot of decisions that we make, especially in parenting, and, and, and hear me, and, and you know my heartbeat, and sometimes it's not uh, what others like to hear, but we've, we're raising up a generation now that knows nothing about church, that knows nothing about the word. And we're fighting, listen, we're fighting spirits. Uh, just wait till next year as I begin to share what the Lord's put in my spirit. We're fighting spirits that is invading the minds of this culture. And the only thing that will stand against the spiritual attack today is the word of God. Uh, it's not education. It's not about where you go. It's not about who you're with. You've got to have the word of God. And that's why we talk about having it hidden in my heart. But if you've never had the word in your heart, you can't hide it. And when you're fought by spiritual attacks that is penetrating the minds and the emotions of our children and even us, asked it, uh oh, in the word. Listen, this is, a, this is a, a situation that you just cannot just do once a year because there's a spiritual attack. Oh, help me, Holy Ghost. I've said it often. You stay away from church the first Sunday. The second Sunday becomes easier for you to stay away from church. And then the third Sunday becomes even easier yet. And before you know it, you've not been in church for three months and you don't feel any guilt about it. Because that's the work of the adversary. To penetrate a spiritual, somebody shout spiritual. It's a spiritual attack. And if our children are not equipped, then they are, are, are out there with no defense. This man is born blind. So his disciples come to him and say, Lord, who sinned? Because situations of blindness and, and, and being lame and, and having all kind of physical conditions often was looked at as a result of sinful living. Who sinned? And, and, the, and, and here, let's see what the Lord said. The Lord then answered their question. Verse 3, Jesus answered, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. He was put in this situation not knowing why, only that it was a setup that God was going to use him for a miracle. Oh my goodness, because of the omniscience of God, there was a divine rendezvous that he would pass by this particular man. Now, we don't know how old he is, but he's been blind all of his life for one moment. Since
situations happen in our life that we don't know why we're going through it, but it's just for one moment. It's for one moment that God will get the glory. That God can tell you, listen, I don't care how long you've been in jail, but if I touch your mind, you can change in a minute and be a testimony. Ah, you could have gone through bankruptcies. You could have gone through all kind of financial distress. You didn't know why, but I did it because I wanted you to be a testimony. That when, when, when they see you now driving and you now have a car, a home, and you have no bills, you are a testimony of what God can do even in spite of your conditions. I wish I had a witness out there. Jesus said neither of those conditions caused this man to be blind. Parents <laughs> sin. I wish somebody hear me. Sometimes you're going through something and wonder how, what, what, what happened in my life? Why, why did this happen to me? Why did it seemingly I fail and I knew I was doing everything that I should? God is setting you up for a miracle. He's setting you up for a blessing. And listen, at that moment, when, 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 when God does it, everything you've gone through seemingly is, it makes no difference. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Ah, thank you, Lord. Jesus said, verse number four, I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night is coming when no man can work. And, and we're moving towards those times now. Ah, oh, just wait. We got to get busy, saints. We got to get, we've, we've become too comfortable with being in church for ourselves. But there's a lot of dying people. I'm not talking about physically dying, spiritually dying, that we've got to reach before it's too late. We cannot no longer feel as if we're not to be used to help somebody get out of hell and get to heaven. The works of God must be done. And the sun is setting. Yeah, help me. So, so. Here we go. So the Lord then says, as long as I'm in the world, I am the what? As long as I'm in the world, I am what? As long as I'm in the world, I am what? Remember that for the future. When he had said these things, look, Jesus spits on the ground. He makes clay with his saliva. He then takes that spittle and clay, the dirt, takes it and puts it on the eyes of the person who is blind. Now, he then tells him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam, which is uh, translated scent. So he went, washed, and came back seen. When he comes back seeing, verse number 8, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, wait a minute, is not this the same one who sat and begged? Because if you were blind, you had no means of income. The only way you were able to sustain yourself is if, if somebody helped you. 
So you would spend your time uh, with others who are lame, others that have other conditions, asking for alms, asking for somebody to help you. He comes back from the pool and is seeing, and he's walking around, and all of the neighbors who knows him saying, wait a minute, isn't this the same one who was strung out on drugs? Isn't this the same one who was in jail for murder? Isn't this the same one who had three wives and two girlfriends and one boyfriend? Hallelujah. See, God is not concerned about your past. That's why even when somebody's promoted, we don't look at their past, we look at their future. And sometimes you've had to go through something so you're ready to handle the appointment and the anointing on your life. Sometimes people move into ministry too soon. Oh, they, they got an idea, but, but they've not gone through something. You got to go through something before you're able to stand and lead people. Yeah, I remember Moses who was a murderer, but God said he was the meekest man on earth. He had to go through something to prepare him. Isn't this the man that was blind? How is he able to see? Verse number nine, some said, this is he. Others said, no, it's got to be somebody who is like him. It's impossible for him who used to be blind to now see. It's impossible for he who used to to smoke and to curse and to drink, to be up here uh, looking holy and has a new mindset. It's impossible. It's got to be a double. Well, the Pharisees got upset. <laughs> and they brought this man to the Pharisees who was formerly blind. Verse number 13. Now, it was a Sabbath when Jesus made the clay and opened his eyes. Now, remember, we had the guests that were here and talked about how in the Jewish tradition, they did nothing on the Sabbath. They rested totally. Now, those that were the keepers of the law, when they heard that this healing took place on the Sabbath, they got indignant because it was going against their traditions. Care. Do not allow traditions to thwart the move of God in your life because God's doing things a new way. And if you're caught up with just how God, you, I, I, I don't understand why we're not having a watch night service. Be careful. God continues to move. Listen, so the Pharisees got to him. And, and verse number 15, then the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said, I don't know. Some man put clay on my eyes, told me to wash, and listen, now I see. Therefore, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath, referring to the person who did the work. Then it started division. There was division among them. They said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? He said he must be a prophet. But the Jews did not believe concerning him. 
when you start testifying about Jesus, there are going to be some people who will not believe what you say. There's others that are watching you because they feel you get ready to fall again. I wish somebody hear me. That's why you got to support those that make a conversion in their life. They need the help and the support because the devil is fighting their mind to go back from where God brought them from. So instead of tearing down people, let's push people up, hold them up. They need the support of the church and their members. Verse number 11, therefore, uh, I'm sorry, verse number 15, the Pharisees also asked him again how he had received his sight. He said, I don't know. Some man put clay on my eyes. He didn't, and had he known it was spit, he'd probably still be blind. Because he was blind, he didn't know what was going on. If he had some sight and saw Jesus spit and put that spit on his eyes, he'd still be blind. Yeah, oh, you're not going to put that on my face. I know I'm telling the truth. He'd be blind today because I refuse for you to put that spit on my, my, my eyes. But because he couldn't see, he just felt some clay on his eyes. <laughs> it was holy clay. Hallelujah. And holy spittle. All right. Verse number, verse number 17, there they said to the blind man again, what do you say about him because he opened your eyes? Now, verse number 18, but the Jews did not believe concerning him that he had been blind and received his sight until they called his parents. And they called his parents, and this was our text, we know that this is our son, that he was born blind, but by what means he now sees, we do not know. He is of age, Ask him. He will speak for himself. Verse 23, therefore his parents said, he is of age. Ask him. So verse 24, so they again called the man who was blind and said to him, give God the glory. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. But there's one thing that I can testify. I once was blind but now I see. I don't know if he was holy. I don't know if he was a sinner. I don't know where he came from. I don't even know his name. All I do know, I was blind, but hush, let me testify. I don't know everything that's gone through my life, but I do know this. I once was blind, but now I see. Hallelujah. Later on, it becomes where the Lord enables that experience. Verse 35, Jesus heard that they had cast him out after he gave his testimony. They cast him out, and when he had found him, he said to him, do you believe in the Son of God? Hallelujah. He answered and said, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? You, you, you see, sometimes you've met God in a non-traditional place. Sometimes you've met God in a, in a way that others would say, why are you in the club? Or why are you going through this? But the Lord met you when you had that high. 
The Lord met you when you were drunk. The Lord spoke to you when you were in sin. And you had an experience with God. Listen, and many of you didn't even know who he was. That's what happened to this man. He was blind. Jesus touched him. But he still didn't know who Jesus was. Hallelujah. He was cast out. And Regina, when he was cast out, Jesus went to find him. That's a message in itself. We think about us coming to Jesus. But Jesus came to us. Jesus found us where we were at. We were rejected. We were ridiculed. And the Lord said, let me find my son. He found him. After they had put him out, he no doubt is saying, why is this happening to me? His own, listen, his own family rejected him. And when his own family rejected him, Jesus said, I got to find him. And look, 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 look. Let's see what happens. He answered, Lord, who is he, Lord, that I may believe in him? And Jesus said to him, you have both seen him, and it is he who is talking with you right now. Then he said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. And Jesus said, for judgment, I have come into this world that those who do not see me may see, and those that who see may be made blind. This year as we conclude 2019, hush, let me testify. I want all those in this year, if you've received a new job or a new position or a raise on your current job, I want you to stand to your feet right now. Those that received a new job or a new position or a raise on your, hush, let me testify. When God said, I'm going to do something for you this year, I'm going to accomplish my word. I got a cloud of witnesses who says, I know who God is. He's a keeper. Sit down, sit down. All of you who know God healed or touched your body. <laughs> I want you to stand to your feet right now. Hush! Let me testify. Uh, I wish I could get some worship. Sit down, sit down, sit down. All of those that God brought you through something you didn't know how you were going to make it through, stand to your feet right now. Hush! Let me testify. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Sit down. All of you who obtained a new car, a new home, or something significant, stand to your feet. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Everybody that the Lord answered a prayer this year, stand to your feet. Hush, let me testify. Sit down, sit down, sit down, sit down. All of those you know God is a keeper that in spite of all you went through, you're still here.
Somebody shout hallelujah. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Hey! And if none of those others affect you, all of you who are still alive and in your right mind, stand to your feet. Give God praise. Give a testimony. Share how much you love him and thank him. God is good. Now look to your neighbor and tell him, hush. Let me testify. I know what God did for me. I know what I experienced for myself. I know how the Lord raised me up. We've seen miracles, signs, and wonders. Don't let the devil silence your testimony. We overcome by the words of our testimony. And don't you forget, don't feel ashamed. Don't let somebody cow you down. But God, through it all, has been good. Hush, and let me testify. You may be seated.